0: Hello, Playdate. This is Don. This is Nick. And I'm Ryan.
1: This week we are covering Playdate news, recent indie releases, and having our 25th boop episode, celebrating with a new segment. You guys ready for this? I'm ready. Let's do it.
0: We had to wake Nick up
1: there. News and notes. (laughs) Boop, 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 boop. boop. You tried to get into that without my boops. I was hoping.
0: Uh, we forgot last last episode, we forgot to mention um, Tiny Yellow Machine launched their Playdate News feature on the YouTube channel. So nice. it's sort of like a short, I think it's like 17, 18 minutes. But it's just a bunch of news headlines, really well edited and crafted. It's like Mm. a little news broadcast. And he said he's recording tomorrow, so there will be an episode two or whatever, a more recent news episode on its way soon. So there'll be a link in the show notes. Be sure to check it out. Nice work, Gant. Yes, very nice.
2: Nick, what else is going on in the news? Uh, Did you all see this Verge article about... uh... Panic and uh, how the playdate date uh, is manufactured in Malaysia, but it can't be sold hmm. to people who live in Malaysia. Um, yeah. That's a shame. Up. Yeah. Kind of a, kind of a wild uh, situation with stuff that's manufactured for export versus stuff that's manufactured for consumption within the country. Um, so uh, the good news is that Panic has, Mentioned that they've been working on that, and it seems like things may be shifting somewhat, so that uh, mm-hmm. they might be able to to do so. Um, from the context of the article, it sounded like Panic just really wasn't sure how successful this thing was going to be, which uh, you know makes a lot of sense. Uh, it is uh, difficult to to gauge that kind of thing, especially for you know a brand new style of product, uh, n- not just product itself, but, um, but also, uh, the people who reside in the country that manufacture the thing might want to, to try it. So, um, it, I think it's a good thing that, uh, they're working towards, uh, some kind of resolution for that. So,
0: yeah, it sounded uh, like there was a game dev community in Malaysia that was actively yeah. Interested oh. in playing it, but Very it cool. sounded like Shopify had released new tools recently that make uh, facilitating that smoother. But it was not available at the time of the launch, of the play date. But right. Panic's working on it, so hopefully soon it's available in more territories. Yeah, it's a it's an easy read too. So take a look at the article. Yeah, not too heady.
2: Just just takes a few minutes.
1: Yeah, there's even a picture.
2: For, for the Ryan's Even Among Us. Yes. <laughs> speaking, well,
1: hey, speaking of the Ryan's Among Us, yes. Speaking of pictures, <laughs> yes, tell us about this, Don. I'm
0: uh, very excited about this next one. Uh, Goloso Games, I hope I'm saying that right, is releasing or release or it's available now a physical version of Spike 2, The Great Emu War, a very good mm-hmm. playmate game. But uh, I think he made like 50 copies of a physical box version with a comic book manual, I think some decals and pins and stuff, but also a a PC release. So if you buy the physical version, I think there's like less than 20 left now. Um, In the past week, they've just been selling very well. But if you buy the physical version, you get the Playdate version and the PC version uh, along with it. And if you've already purchased the game, you get a discount on the physical version. So shipping to the US is about ten dollars so thirty dollars overall um if you live somewhere else in the world shipping will vary but uh it looks really great he has a different artist doing the cover art which looks awesome kind of a throwback to nes or famicom art and i think he drew the comic book art the Yeah. Work.
1: And I've been in touch with Jan. I was on the pre-order list. Uh, as soon as I found out about this, the, uh, collection of physical products included in here just really tickled my fancy. And, uh, so I got in on this and I have been in, in, uh, uh brief contact with him. And he says, not only is there a PC version, but that this price also includes an itch key. To get a playdate game as well. So, if you do not have this game already, uh, it will allow you to get that game if you don't.
0: Yeah, so right. check it out. I played; I've played both versions. The playdate version might be a little easier in a way because you can crank as fast as possible, mm-hmm. whereas on PC you just hold the button. Or, I guess I played it with a controller, um, so you have to level up your shooting uh, rapid fire abilities. But it's easier on your hand. Like I'm not, I can't crank very long, so I kind of preferred the uh, PC version in a way because I could play it longer. And the soundtrack is great. So there'll be also be a link to the album, the soundtrack, uh, the Spotify version in the show notes.
1: All right, sweet. And if you want some more news and notes, you can head over to Tiny Yellow Machine because now it's time for <laughs> boop, 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 boop in the inventory. Don, what you got for us this episode? Uh, we got a lot of great releases
0: uh, the past couple of
1: weeks. From
0: Dan B 91 we have a game called Upward, which is free. It is a port of Matthias Falk's Upward for the play date. It's a single button game. All you do is jump up and then different, I guess, items on the screen will cause you to move over or you'll bounce off something's head. It was a Pico 8 puzzle platformer. I'm not super familiar with the Pico 8, but uh, it's pretty fun. Definitely worth downloading if you've not uh, played it um highly recommend that one um next up pocket go the world's oldest game name your price from nathan heffy somebody's got their cursor right in the middle of his name so i can't read the whole thing uh ryan Um, (laughs) hopefully okay sorry um and then find the poops normally i'm not huge on poop games this one is free
2: oh sorry nick go ahead um can we just go back to go for a second yes Um, Go go. is an extremely complicated game, and uh, it, I believe, has only recently uh, been solved in such a way that uh, computer AI can beat some of the best Go players uh, that Hmm. exist. Uh, It is an endlessly challenging game. It is way too challenging for me to play, but... uh, Pocket Go is interesting. When I saw this, I was really curious because uh, not only is Go AI really challenging um, from a, a gameplay perspective because there's so many possibilities uh, for how the game can play out, um, but also just to program all the different potential uh responses to a a good player is (laughs) like impossible (laughs) almost um it it took you know many many years for somebody to figure that out on a much less resource constrained pc so um i was curious if there was a single player mode but uh in looking at this uh it's it's uh past the play date back and forth which makes a lot of sense for a portable Go game you can share with a friend and, um, you know, play against each other that way without having to carry a board and stones. So um, I think this is uh, pretty cool.
1: So Nick, riddle me this. Is Go the same game as Othello? No, uh, not by far. So uh,
2: Othello is a um, much, much less complex version. Okay. hmm. That's probably why I've played it before.
0: All right. Moving on. <laughs> I, I was in the same boat as Ryan. I thought it was okay. Othello, <laughs> but yeah. okay. Have to try this. Have you played I, Go before?
1: I guess in not. Life?
2: I've, I've played Othello.
1: So. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Interesting. I guess we'll have to try it out. See mm-hmm. what it's all about.
2: My, uh, my brother was a ranked Go player. Um, huh. at, at one Wow. Point. So yeah, a, a fairly highly ranked one too. And, and the, the skill threshold between ranks was incredible, like insurmountable. Um, so it was, it was interesting uh, watching him climb the ranks and go to tournaments and all that kind of thing.
0: Huh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. We'll have to take a look. I don't, I don't know. I think it might be on, uh, I don't know. I'm sure I've, I own it on something, but soon I guess maybe I'll own it on the play date.
2: Is this name of your price? So Don, yeah. uh, now that we've talked about a thinking game, tell me about poop again.
0: Okay, so find the poops. It's a free game. And the reason I'm I'm highlighting it from our, our minion or something. Anyway, um, he made it for his daughter, uh, which who, who's a three-year-old, not a 23-year-old. Nice. A three-year-old. I remember when my kids were that age, you want to get them into video games. But some of the stuff is just a little too... Um, difficult to get them into, but it was fun for them to run around and pick up the poops and that's all the game is. So if you want to get them into play date and you're they're having a hard time playing zipper, have them try, find the poops. It's free and I appreciate that they're out there making games for three-year-olds as well. Mm-hmm. There is value there. Very cool. Yes. Uh, and then next up is sunflower chess, which is a take on uh, Onitama. And this comes from Ty. So yeah, um, I know Ryan, you've played Onitama, correct?
1: Yeah, I have. It's sort of like a pared-down version of chess, and uh, you know, you're you're passing these very specific moves back and forth to one another. I think there's about five total moves you can make, and a, a much more constrained playboard than chess. Uh, so it's it's a really great like intro. To chess-like games for kids. And in looking at the animated GIFs they have here, they've really done quite a fantastic job of recreating Onitama. Um, it's not called Onitama, it's called Sunflower Chess, as Don mentioned, but, uh, but it looks pretty great. Uh, what are you thinking about this one, Don?
0: Yeah, it's a it's a two player game, so you will need to play with somebody else. But uh, man, it looks really, really well done on yeah. on this small screen. Like the playdate was made for it, and it is a fun game. Pretty pretty quick play time too. You can usually play a game in less than ten minutes. So,
1: and name your own price. It's hard to beat.
0: Yeah, also worth a look. Uh, next up is a game called Tenderroot. It looks really cool. It's uh, from Mister Pergerson and it's free. I tried this one, and I did not understand what to do, and there's not a whole lot of directions on the itch page. If somebody is in love with this game, let me know how to play it, and I'll go back and revisit it, because it looks like there's a cool puzzle game in here, and I I love cool puzzle games. Um, Not super complex controls or anything, so anyway, looks interesting. Speaking of games that look interesting, Elf Factory. Somehow I missed this or something. It just showed up at the top of the new releases, but Obviously, Christmas was like two months ago. So it's $3. It's from Neverall. It just looks like a neat puzzle game. So I've been wanting to try it out. I have not tried it out yet. But uh, that's Elf Factory. Uh, Next up, Atom Blaster by Slino. It's a Arkanoid or Breakout type game. But it's based on the 1988 Atari ST game Atom Smasher. Uh, there's a lot of these type of games on Playdate, but this one looks really fast and really smooth. Yeah, the gifts. So I'm I'm pretty impressed with uh, the way it seems to play from based on the gifts.
2: Super polished gifts at a minimum. At a minimum, <laughs> <laughs> at a minimum <laughs> yes. Um, looks looks and, like a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, 32 levels. This one's uh five dollars and it's got a, a leaderboard. I love I love leaderboards on the Playdate. So I know Ryan does too. Mm-hmm. Uh. Next up, The Spirit Stone by Bill Smugs or Bill's Mugs. Um, We talked about this a long time ago, at least Nick and I did. This is an English translation of a game that was written in Toki Pona. And I don't know Toki Pona, but I played this one in English and finished it. And it is a fun little 20 minute um, adventure. So it's uh, free. So definitely check it out.
1: Is this a pulp venture or do they not say
2: it looks pulpy? Maybe it um, doesn't
0: say. I think it's pulpy. I'm
2: pretty sure okay. it's pulp. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. I played the original briefly and was starting to teach myself Toki Pona to to figure it out. That's it's actually a really cool language. Um
1: Yeah. Is there like a Cliff Notes explanation of what is Toki Pona, Nick?
2: Uh, it's like an invented language, uh, like Esperanto or something.
1: Um, Does that mean like a program computer language or like a speak to a person language speak
2: to a person language
1: huh?
2: or write on you know paper language interesting uh, or in a play date but uh anyway uh yeah i'm i'm excited for the english version so which i will understand more readily yes if you um
0: i keep i always forget the name of that Oliko co game life
2: life's too short
0: you? life's too short yes my memory is too short as well life's too short if you <laughs> like life's too short it's uh in the similar vein um a short little cute narrative cool. uh next up from don swelt is companion ear which is a really cool astroneer companion app so astroneer is of course not a playdate game it's an xbox switch pc game mm-hmm. maybe playstation as well but uh this helps you unlock the different planets, so it's sort of like game facts in your pocket on the uh playdate. So it's mm-hmm. name your own price, and I just love that it's another way to use the playdate. We talked about in the past that uh King Gizzard album that they released on the playdate, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. which is just like a cool way to use the playdate. Here's another way to use the playdate, so yeah. it's like a what, second who? screen.
1: Wow. <laughs> love it. Pretty mm-hmm. soon, they're gonna have legend of zelda maps for you you can scroll around on on your (laughs) play date that'd be
0: great get to work ryan (laughs) and uh last up this week is a game called check from ledbetter games i demanded that he release a video explanation on how to play this uh unique board game ledbetter had a board game in his mind and he wanted to make it a reality so it's sort of like a mix of checkers and chess in a way but with a dice element as well and he wrote out instructions he coded it in uh i think it's pulp as well right nick or something i don't know he put it on the play date and he made a video on with basic rules and whatnot and how how gameplay should flow and it's uh it's really neat and even ledbetter said that he cannot beat all the different win states and whatnot So it's between two, it's a two or four player game and, uh, very well done. So check out check.
1: And it looks like your demands were met because Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've taken a look at the itch page recently, but Mm -hmm. Hey, there's a video right (laughs) up top.
0: He made a video. It's only, it's like five minutes long, but yeah, it's, it definitely helps to see it in motion. (laughs) Reading the instructions. I was like, Oh, this is nice and complete, which I love about, Playdate games, but I just was having a hard time wrapping my head around it.
1: So Very cool. Thank you for bending to Don's uh, demands, Ledbetter. (laughs) Appreciate it.
2: Always bend to Don's demands. Uh, The only uh, indication uh, that this is a pulp game is in the file name itself, so I'm fairly certain this was made in pulp, but um,
0: Mm. that is... Oh, pulp edition.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's intriguing to me, um, yeah, this it, does not look very pulpy because yeah,
2: de- designing a rule set like that in pulp I would think would be fairly
1: challenging so um pretty neat, huh very interesting. cool. well, I think that wraps it up for our indie inventory. am I right? Going once, yes, twice, three times a lady. Yes, 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 of course. All right, fantastic. Then that means it's time for pixel panel. This is our new segment here as I peak all the levels. (laughs) And uh, we wanted to roll into our 25th episode with a bang. And this is how we're going to do it. So we, uh, Don, Nick, and I were talking and thought to ourselves, selves, we really miss the experience of the season one releases when we were all playing games at the same time, like a book club, just like Panic told us would happen. And, uh, you know, the, the season wrapped and then we started choosing indie titles. And that is fun. However, we missed that sort of community aspect of being able to talk with one another about the same game. So we put our heads together and thought, well, what if we all choose a game together? And uh, then we all play it together and then we can talk about it on the episode in a little more intelligent and interactive way. So that's exactly what we're going to do. So each episode moving forward, one of us is going to act as the captain and this episode it's going to be captain ryan at the helm and basically what that means is the captain is going to be in charge of choosing the game for that particular episode this episode i am choosing crop buster by james gameboy and so over the course of these past couple weeks nick and don and i have all been playing our little hearts out and we are going to come together and uh, discuss and disagree and make up and hug at the end. And then we're all going to walk off into the sunset together. But for now, we should probably talk about what the heck is Crop Buster. Well, let me tell you, Crop Buster is a lovely little overhead game. You are a worm and you are trying to get away from these uh, farmers so these farmers, as they are chasing you, are spreading seeds across their farm. So if they catch up to you and occupy the same space or stomp on you, then away you go. Goodbye, Wormy. However, this game allows you to not only traverse the visible top layer, you know, like, like an overhead view. Uh, but you can also sink below the earth and, uh, maneuver beneath the ground. Now, when you sink below the earth, you cannot see yourself. Uh, you are totally hidden. So, uh, the farmers cannot stomp on you at that point, but you've also got to be kind of aware of where you are and which directional arrows you're choosing. So you can understand approximately where you're going to pop up. Now, as you are navigating underground, there is a direct one-to-one correlation of the moves that you're making. So if you move up five, over five, when you pop up, then you're going to pop up in that space. Uh, The way you descend below the earth is kind of cool. You dock your crank. And if you want to ascend to the top level of the earth and view yourself, you can pull the crank out. Kind of a neat little mechanic, use of the crank there, uh James Game Boy. Nice work. Um, so what the heck are you trying to do as a worm aside from not be stomped? Well, the farmers are planting berries, as I mentioned, as they walk around the, the the farming grounds. They're spreading seeds uh in a very farming way. And as you duck below the earth as a worm, you are tilling the soil or uh, aerating the soil. So when you maneuver around below the earth, then the seeds will slowly sprout and turn into flowers and eventually into berries. And when there are berries, you want to pop above the earth and go nab them. Every berry you get gives you five points. Every, if I'm remembering correctly, I think it's every 40 points or eight sets of berries. Uh, There is a new, devil farmer that comes along and uh has a different mechanic than the the typical farmers so the typical farmers will stomp you but they're sort of a um you know honing in on where you are when you're above ground they don't know where you are when you're uh underground whereas the devil farmer is not just meandering toward you at a slow pace he will move toward you one square for every square that you move. So he's moving in direct correlation with you. So if you're trying to scurry away at a very fast pace, then he's going to scurry toward you at a very fast pace. So you gotta be careful. Um, another mechanic that I thought I'd mention real quick is the fact that there is a fence all around the outside of the farm, or you know the rectangle of the screen, and you as the worm can loop around the farm, around the fence. So if you go out the left side, you come back over on the right side. However, the farmers cannot loop. Um, I think that's mainly it for the gameplay mechanics. Uh, And I've been talking a long time. So why don't I turn it over to Don and Nick? You got to play this game over the course of the past week or two. What did you think about this? What worked for you? And, uh, you know, was this a great game or the greatest game you've ever played?
2: <laughs> Nick, go ahead. Uh, uh I really like the game. I love the sense of humor, uh, especially the giant, uh, drawing of the dead worm at the end where it says you're <laughs> our squash squashed. Um, I thought that was hilarious with the little X's on the eyes of the, uh, worm with its tongue hanging out. Um, Doesn't sound hilarious when I say it out loud like that. It's Uh, very morbid. Just sounds real frightening. But anyway, uh, it was really funny, and I showed uh, one of my daughters, and she was laughing as well. So, um, take that for what you will, I guess. But uh, I I thought the game was really fun. It was very difficult, though. So I had my best score. I still haven't topped it. Uh, The first game that I played. And um, the... uh, thing that i started doing was trying to um see if i could find the edges of the game trying to to make uh the game easier for myself by exploiting different behaviors that the farmers had as well as uh that the digging had and so forth so um what i ended up doing uh and ryan i i'm curious your thoughts on this tactic because it backfired for me big time. But, uh, I had the farmers fill every single square with, uh, berries, uh, with seeds rather. And then I went underground and because you till the soil in random order and in random squares, uh, as you move around, um, I, turned as much into berries as possible obviously once the berries appear above ground the farmers try to uh harvest them and uh so you will lose some berries through attrition while you're still cultivating the soil underneath some of the other seeds um but you only lose a handful and then when you pop above ground you can quickly eat a whole bunch of berries uh and get a giant score that was the theory in the practice uh what happened is the playdate uh th- had some performance issues when uh there were 462,000 uh berries on screen um so it, Are there even uh, that
1: many sprites on the playdate date no? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Okay, it might not have been quite that many. But anyway, um the point is that uh, once the entire screen is filled with berries, uh, there's something going on that causes the playdate to absolutely churn, and uh, it created some some timing related issues for me um, that caused me to to be squashed a little more frequently than than I would have liked.
0: So Blame, blaming the flippers, Nick. <laughs>
2: yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: I don't know. You know, the sun was in my eyes. Uh, yeah, you can't take the glass off the play date. So, you know, what are you going to do? It is a problem. But not with Nick. I, Nick, I have big thoughts. But before I yap anymore, I also want to hear from Don. So I'm going to keep all of your thoughts in my mind while I listen intently <laughs> to Don. <Dawn. laughs>
0: well, to Nick's last point, I don't know the, if we mentioned this was a game jam game. So it's possible that concessions were made just to get it out on time yeah. rather than optimize, I don't know, performance and performance. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Um, I keep getting thrown off by the images on the itch screen The you did it. I keep thinking, oh, there's a way to beat the game. I know. Um, and that's just looking like the at high that score. <laughs> that's the high score page or whatever. Is that um, what
1: that, I was going to say, I've never seen that. I've, I've played this a bunch. <laughs>
0: I think that's the picture that shows when it gives you your score, right? Hmm. I've never seen it. Me neither. I, I feel like I've seen it in the game, huh. but I know I'm a better gamer than both of you. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean I
2: that mean, goes without
0: all. saying. Um Did we figure out how to get not five points for berries? Because I, my, my score was like, I don't know, eighty-four or something. Do we? Do we figure yes. that
1: out? Oh, yeah, okay. Ryan when when you uh when you get a berry squashed by a farmer it will subtract a point or two or something like that so uh you're not getting anything different than five points you're getting a point subtracted when that happens that's so uh with that said donathan what are you thinking about this game you played it Uh, a few times right
0: yeah yeah i enjoyed it um It was a little hard to read and I thought I was just I didn't realize there was a one-to-one when you're underground where you're moving I was just like I would go underground go around in circles just to let the ground turn and then I would pop up wherever I didn't know where I was and It wasn't until Ryan was telling me that the evil farmer moved when we moved I just thought the evil farmer was super fast and hunted me down um, Because I was running so fast to get away from him Um, So that was a huge pro tip that he moves one to one, crypt of the Necrodancer style. Really <laughs> so that was a big hint. Um, and then I—I I don't know. I we talked about i don't know ryan kept wanting to talk about it in chat way too much and so we were like <laughs> shut up let's wait till we record so to heck with spoilers if this, let's spoil it if this was uh i think this game would work fine on like your phone or your console or whatever i think it would translate well to other platforms uh-huh. if it were in color especially where the worm was uh pink and the background was tan and the farmers were wearing you know, over blue overalls or something, I think it would make the game a lot easier. And I don't think you need to crank. I think you could just push B to pop up and down. Yeah. And it could be a one button game. Well, besides having to move around with the joystick per se or the D pad. Um, So I would, I think there's a lot of room to move with this really great concept that he has something similar to like a dig dug or maybe the music moves when you move. I love that about Dig Dug, and I think that would help read where, yeah. your, pl- where your worm is underground.
2: That's a great idea. Or yeah, even hitting you.
0: hitting different obstacles. Maybe it makes a donk sound when you hit a fence underground, or you hit a berry, or you hit a, you're under a farmer. Maybe it, the music gets louder or some sort of radar or something like that. I think there's just a lot you can do with this concept, and I, I really like the concept overall. It's just on the small Playdate screen, it still is a lot of fun but you can see the limitations of the playdate screen and maybe the limitations of it being a game jam game. Um, There's slightly there, but still name your own price, still a ton of fun. So I did enjoy it.
1: Yeah. You know, I, I think you have a point. I, I do enjoy the minimalist aesthetic. The fact Mm. that you are a worm and the worm is a horizontal (laughs) bar of pixels. (laughs) And then as you inch along, it's like a little, you know, upward carrot bracket. Um, I I enjoyed that but I do agree with you that occasionally when your worm cursor is on top of another item like a berry or a flower or whatever and everything's black it's a little bit hard to tell where you are so I agree that either color which of course the playdate doesn't have or maybe even thinking about some alternate sprites like if worm is over Flower or berry or what have you, then there's like an outlined version or something in white so you could see yourself a little easier. Um, Yeah, I, I feel like I'm on a pretty similar page as you, Don, with respect to there's a lot to love here and probably a number of different things that could just be tweaked and polished to make it even better. Um, but Nick, I don't want to ignore your concerns that you brought up. <laughs> you were talking about trying to sort of push the edges of this game and fill the, the space with seeds. And uh, that is a strategy that I ended up using and getting some reasonable scores using. What I found, well, I found a few limitations as well. Um, when I filled the board with seeds and then tried to dive underground and just dig, 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 and let a bajillion berries pop up all over the screen. Then the playdate wigged out. But if I would go underground after seeding the entire screen and dig, 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 until I got a berry or three or several, and then popped up and nabbed those and hop back down, dig, dig, dig some more, and then popped up and nabbed those berries so that there weren't, berries all over the entire screen then it seemed to function better and so i i feel like yes you found a limitation but i think what's interesting is being able to see oh okay that's how you break it but how can you maximize score just up to the threshold of breaking it and yeah. and still continuing
2: yeah the other thing uh that i experimented with was uh Forcing the farmers to occupy the same square, um, and that worked out from a um, avoiding the farmer standpoint, but uh, uh, you know that has limitations as well.
0: Wait, how would you do that? I uh, force you, them on top of each other.
2: You can trick them based on their movement pattern. So oh. if you move uh, up and down, basically you can force them to uh, occupy the same square. Uh, utilizing Mm. the fence um
0: nick's playing 3d chess already
1: well that's that's a good idea if you're trying to get away from the farmers true however if you are interested in collecting berries and then allowing the farmers to continue to seed the ground well now you've cleaved your chance of seeding the ground in half. If you've got two farmers doubled up on a single square. Right. So that would be a strategy that I would personally worry about if I were trying to maximize score.
2: Yeah. Well, can they, once they're on top of each other, they don't separate. They do. Uh, once, once a berry appears, um, one will harvest and the other will keep moving. So it's, it's temporary. Oh. Okay. Um. But uh it's very useful, especially if you're uh running into a lot of situations where they are um seemingly always on top of you.
0: <laughs> well Ryan, you're saying it's wasted time.
1: I I would not use that strategy. Okay. But maybe want... there's something more to it than I'm not I don't want you guys to fight <laughs> on here, though. So.
2: <laughs> um Yeah. Ryan and I will uh, have a fist fight after this. We'll determine the winner. We'll let you know. Um, one of the things that I thought would be a big improvement, again, if there was more time uh, for James Game Boy to develop this into you know, a big full product, would be um, different sound design for above ground and underground. So mm. uh, you could even retain the same noises just with uh, different pitches uh, in mm-hmm. order to... Um, indicate whether you're above or underground because at a glance sometimes it was easy to forget ah there's all these farmers <laughs> running around which mm-hmm. where am i and then, <laughs> oh i'm underground well now what square am i on i've completely forgotten
1: um yeah, I, I like that suggestion of potentially different music for above and below ground and i can even imagine like you know, with the capabilities of the Playdate sound system, you can even have like sort of a muffled or, yep. or a warbly, maybe almost underwater type of, uh, sonic landscape to the underground. That would be really interesting to, to see how you could just slightly change it to make it feel like it was being played through something through dirt, through whatever.
2: Yeah. The mouth I, harp and the jug. There you go. <laughs> All parts of the band. Um, So, yeah, I mean, that's, those are pretty much the things that I tried. And then after that, I I kind of played it as intended and, uh, just tried to, uh, maximize score, but I, I never got a higher score than that first game that I played, which is very disheartening.
1: That's wild. What what was your high score? If you don't mind me asking.
2: Uh, very low, Ryan. So you take Ryan tier and like divide it by four or five, and then you'll get to, uh, where i'm at did um, you get to it, triple digits yeah it was like one 130 or 150 something like that
1: okay nice nice don did you find that the more you played the game the worse you became at it
0: <laughs> no i definitely got better each time <laughs> yeah I me too up, i went up by like 20 each time
1: i i i felt like there was a really steady learning curve like, like it wasn't difficult to learn it but i definitely got better as i went along kept playing um i think i, cause I spent so much time trying to break it
2: <laughs> that <I> probably <laughs> that's <had>. classic nick
1: <laughs> i think i got up into the the 400 range and uh and i feel like 500 is attainable um th- that's going to be my next goal Let, let's see you goal. post that anyway. thirty five thousand. <laughs> that's that's the wrong game. That's generations. We're talking about Crop Buster.
0: <laughs> it kind of looks like on the images on the itch page that it's a four digit. Like they made room for four digits in the score. Oh wow! Huh. Like a nineteen seventy. Like it says Bingo. thirty? Yeah. <laughs> and then a little star lights up, and then you
1: That sounds ambitious. Yeah, I I ran into some limitations as well, and I'm wondering if maybe you guys can corroborate this um i found that you know we talked about the crank docking mechanic and how that allows you to go below or above the surface mm. and when i would start getting into higher level levels uh, progressed further through the game uh i found that my crank would occasionally stop sensing like it would not mm-hmm. send me back underground and i'd have to kind of like dink like slam it in multiple times before it finally registered. Oh, okay. Now we're in. And it sunk my worm below the ground. But uh, did you ever find that when you were playing? Uh, so that switch is not
2: super accurate in my experience. Mm. And I don't is know if... Is it opto or... It's a magnet. Huh. Um So mm. I don't know if uh, there is a... uh physical switch issue there that causes the sensing of it to be delayed. I have not played around with that in the SDK. Or if it is a um, performance thing. So where uh, inputs are lagging because of stuff that's happening in the game. Uh, All the processing is being taken up by other parts of the game loop.
1: Yeah.
0: Interesting. Uh, It happened to me, but it wasn't that bad I mean it was just once mm-hmm. in a while and I was moving it just really small to get the, the really small movements rather to get the, the crank in and out I wasn't fully uncranking and fully
2: docking fully yeah. Un-docking yeah. And docking rather so, so, so I, see, I guess think it's, it's a, just, a magnet that that might be an issue part of um, it yeah
0: yeah I can see that I, I'd say you know I don't know one out of 20 times or something it wouldn't get it or one out of 10 I don't know it, w- it wasn't that bad but we're kind of yeah. budging the system, though, by not fully undocking and docking. But yeah. that's what made me go like, oh, we could play this anywhere with just a B button popping in and out. But that would change the dynamics of the game, too. It's going to be much higher, obviously.
2: I, yeah,
1: that's, I, that's true. Uh, go for it, Nick.
2: Uh, I mostly fully undocked the crank. I played it like we're a cheaper. super super corporate tax evader. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, So I imagine this worm is part of the same universe uh <laughs> and uh you know that that uh other game honed my skills for slamming above and below ground this is the tax man in another life <laughs> the worm exactly uh,
1: karma we yeah I, I i wanted to mention briefly before uh we start wrapping things up here that this game gave me light vibes of one of my favorite games of all time which is mole mania this is the game that i liked so much that i forgot my good bud don sold it to me and worries. corrected that in a in a ryan messed up segment uh, a few episodes ago anyhow uh, with mole mania you've got this like above and below ground but it, in mole mania the entire perspective of the camera shifts to underground when you go underground and so you see where you are and what is underground and you lose track of what is above ground the difference with CropBuster is that the camera stays above ground and you lose sight of where you the worm player are so um I guess just the fact that there were a couple different levels to it remind me of that a little bit, but I think Molmania mania is far more of a, uh, more complex thought out puzzle game than uh crop buster is crop buster to me has more, uh, I guess arcadey vibes as you're trying to run away from, uh, the baddies, um, yeah, that was that was sort of my impression anyway. Uh, Don, I know you've played Mole Mania before. Do you have any thoughts on uh, the similarities and differences there?
0: Yeah, it, it's been a while to play you know, since I played more Mole Mania, but yeah, this is definitely more of an arcadey vibe. Not, I don't really see a puzzle uh, angle to Crop Buster at all. We also yeah. want, I also want to mention Crop Buster. Great name, Totally.
2: Yeah, <laughs> for sure.
1: Cool. Well. You guys have any uh, final thoughts here you want to use to wrap up this brand spanking new segment that we're doing?
0: Must uh, play. Sorry. I give it a must play. I don't know. We're not, we're not giving star ratings or anything, but play it.
2: Yeah. We're worth checking out.
1: Agreed. And uh, did we good pick, Ryan. Mention we'll that, name your uh, own price. Again, your own
2: price and lady celery did all the artwork is that correct
0: mm, yes art and concept designed by lady celery we neglected to mention that so very cool there'll be a link in the show notes so you can grab a
1: copy yourself awesome well hey guys i had a lot of fun talking about the same game with you this week <laughs> mm-hmm. teamwork nice. makes the dream work yeah <laughs> nice getting back to that return to form Cool. Cool. Well, you, dear listener, can look forward to more uh, similar games being played by your co-hosts here moving forward. And if you want to get in on the fun, we are going to toss out our upcoming show, Pixel, Day, Pixel, Pixel Panic, what is this? Pixel panel, right? Pixel Pixel panel panel. game in our Discord. So, uh, hey, just one more reason to hop on the the friendliest discord around uh, hop onto the hello playdate discord. You can find the link in our show notes. I think, is that something that happens Don? Yes, sir. Okay. Speaking of show notes, why don't you take us out? Let us know what we can find in those show notes.
0: Yeah. Uh, playdatepodcast.com is our website. There's still a Twitter link in there. I just added the mammoth uh, name. I don't know how to link. To Mastodon. Mammoth. Oh, whatever. <laughs> Mastodon. One of those metal bands. I don't know. <laughs> There's a link in there. Anyway, just hop on the Discord. You'll you'll find all that stuff in the show notes and whatnot. But come
1: chat. Huh. Okay. Find us on the new Metallica.com. <laughs>
2: <laughs> hey, I don't want to get sued. Slow down. You guys, before we <laughs> close out, can I uh, say something?
0: Sure.
1: Let yes, me let stop it, we transition now let me into sure. the boopity boop 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 Nick, for amusement-only games update of the episode. Nick, what's going on?
2: Uh, well, uh, moved into that dedicated manufacturing space, and that is going super yes. well with the
1: help of my buddy Ryan, who that came moved. to
2: see me for my 40th birthday. So, uh, huge thank you to Ryan and Don and everybody who contributed, and a bunch of people did. It was extremely flattering and humbling that uh, so many people contributed to make my 40th birthday such a special event. So, Thank you all for that very much, and uh, Ryan got to play one of the games that I made uh, while we finally.
1: Saw each other. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Sorry. I've been waiting.
2: <laughs> so there's four more, and uh, Ryan, I'll, I'll just expect you to come down once a week, you know, for the next four weeks. And, and we it's can four more
0: trips. Out. You couldn't. You couldn't just swap them
2: out. Uh, so you I, I could, crack but I, whip and have him rotating <laughs> modules. I, I made. <laughs> I mean, Ryan work that entire time. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Ryan did all the literal heavy lifting.
1: This is what a Nick birthday pride. party looks like. Yeah. What the heck?
2: Um, well, I had to, I had to move into that space. Um, so you made it happen. Yeah, we sure did. So, yeah. uh, so
1: just out of curiosity, are we yes. being cagey about what all these people contributed to? Uh, cause you didn't say what that was.
2: Uh, no. So, uh, there were there were two different just amazing gifts. One of them, uh, my wife put together this book uh, that incorporated over four hundred photos and That's unbelievable quotes and testimonials and all kinds of stuff from uh, friends and uh, different people that I've met through the pinball hobby uh, and now uh, you know manufacturing and, and game creation. Um, and it was, it was astounding. I, I don't, I didn't realize she would be able to find contact info for a lot of the people that were included in there, but she did. She worked, uh, for months on this thing.
1: Oh my gosh. As somebody who puts together books, I cannot even believe that she assembled not only the people, like that is the important thing but assembled 400 photographs in that <laughs> it's book for you. Crazy. Oh and my the, gosh. Every, Unbelievable. Every
2: page was themed to a specific thing, like the creation of a particular game or, um, a, a different show that I exhibited at or whatever, um, mm. project that I was involved with. So it was, I was blown away. Just, I could not believe, um, that so many people did that. And, uh, another, Uh, illustrator uh, and friend of mine, John Chad um, drew this amazing illustration of me. He even got my crazy hair correct. (laughs) Um, So uh, I was just so shocked um, that, that he contributed that and um, just such a touching thing to receive. And the front cover of the book is my favorite photo (laughs) of uh my kids playing uh the first game that i i purchased and um they were very 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 small so
1: (laughs) it's one of those where the kids are on a stool so they can see the pinball machine nick is behind you know giving some loving coaching it was it was really amazing i'm
2: holding sophia while she's nice yeah nice um so yeah i mean that that was momentous and then momentous gift number two was that uh Ryan and a ton of other people contributed to make a neon sign of the For Amusement Only Games logo, and Ryan, one of the things, one of the many things that he does is design neon signs, and so I wanted to commission this exact sign from him at some point in the future, but uh, all these but people... But never
1: told me anything about it, so whew! <laughs> <laughs>
2: All these people came together and made it a reality, you know, uh, a lot sooner than I ever would have. and um, <laughs> it was so uh, humbling to uh, think that there's that many people that I've come across that were willing to uh, to 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 work together to make that a reality just incredible. so thank you and, and i
1: will I will say that it was not difficult to convince anybody. <laughs> to jump on board uh, on this uh on this collaborative present for you like everybody was very excited to be a part of it so yeah you you are a good dude nick baldridge we all consider ourselves to be lucky to have you in our lives and hope you have a great uh you know next decade or several uh, ahead of you
2: and 40 more
1: yeah at least
2: well, they'll they'll be illuminated. That's for sure. So, <laughs> that, that works out. And uh, Ryan and and my daughter Ava uh, worked with me and spent about four hundred and sixty two hours hanging the sign, um, which is very large. And quite everywhere.
1: literally, we actually could not have done it without the help <laughs> of your daughter. So I am I am so pleased. She was so patient, like so patient to get that thing up there with us.
2: Yeah. Coming up with new methods that we could, you know, work out to, to new bodily contortions oh my to gosh, it not break this a real puzzle, <laughs> but we did it.
1: Um, yeah. Now it is safe and secure, and it looks great in your game room, man. So the yeah.
2: Uh, getting back to the game that you played, it was uh, Silver Falls, which is the the one game uh, that was co-designed by Sophia, and so we all played it together in uh, co-op mode and made it through the game and um it was really cool to to hear your reactions to the game and little sidebar that's the one game that i've made that all three of us have played um Mm -hmm. don was able to play it uh during the beta phase Hmm. um so it's uh it's pretty cool that uh i'm i was able to share that with you that that particular game with sophia so um really neat
1: yeah, that was really great. It was really uh, not only was it a really fun game and such a different experience than I've had in pinball before, because uh, you know the soundtrack really sort of slows you down and gets you in a more cerebral headspace. But it's also built on top of a different, uh, another playfield that already exists. It's the Heist playfield on the P three, and Heist feels one way. And to play a different game on the same play field, you, uh, you would think, oh, there's going to be similarities here. It felt so incredibly different from playing Heist. Don. I don't know if you had that same experience when you played it or not, but uh, it just felt like night and day. If I wasn't cognizant of the fact that I'm playing on the same play field here, I, I wouldn't have thought anything of it.
0: Oh, that's the power of the P3. have -hmm. all these different experiences, but also that speaks to the developers and designers of the the games that you can have these different experiences. So, yeah. Yeah. Very, very cool.
2: Well, uh, thanks, you all, for everything you did to make my 40th special and uh, for playing my game, Ryan. And uh, I look forward to uh, chatting with you all again here in a couple weeks.
1: Sounds Sounds good. good. Happy birthday, Nick. Thank you. Thanks
0: guys. We'll catch you soon. Talk to you later.
2: Boopity bye.